you know, because like well, that's that's one of the main things that we have in common, right? Initially, yeah, was learning that we're both from Carbondale. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely it. So what, like, how many generations do you go back in Carbondale? Because I know you talk about like coming here and visiting your grandma. Yeah. Um, you know, I really personally, I don't know how many generations, but I know at least like of me like meeting at least three. Yeah. But it's definitely been, you know, more than that, of course, um, six or seven, probably. But I do think we came somewhere from the south. Not sure where. Um, but, yeah, Carbondale, we, we've been here. Carbondale <laughs> blood. <laughs> Start to finish. Oh, my God. That, oh. Was, that was last night and just seeing people. I absolutely in... loved last night. Yeah, last no. night, just being in trays. You know, like, like if you're going to be in Carbondale and you're from Carbondale, you know, trades is like a spot where you're gonna see people that you know. You're always gonna have a good time. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's chill. It's always a good vibe. So going in there last night and like reconnecting with so many different people, I didn't think, oh, come back to Carbondale, I'm gonna be able to see some of the people that have been like the most influential to me, you know, yeah. in certain ways. And so it's just like, wow, this is Carbondale. I mean, and you had people coming up to you and being like, Naomi. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, go go get it. Matt's story about the the teacher from like or the camp counselor from back in the day. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is I didn't even remember that lady, but after you know him talking about it, I'm like, okay. I recall, but it's just like people can be so negative and, and in a in a moment it could seem like so much, right? But then you realize you gotta be bigger, bigger than people's negativity. And I feel like that she she was not my biggest supporter, and so to come come forth, you know, in a Facebook post, like, yeah, I'm with it. Okay. <laughs> all right, lady, take it all in, right? Soak it up. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird doing that in like a hometown setting. Mm -hmm. You know, like the internet's one thing. The other is when you're doing stuff around people that you've been around for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. I'm just now getting to that experience and it's weird. It's different. Like you really think like that was seventh grade and I still have this thought exactly. in my head, that, like this way and this person and this interaction. And that's the thing. But I think at a young age, that's why kids are so crucial, right? Like that experience is so critical because it's your formative years. Like it's just the years where you're going to have the most impressions. And so, if anyone's gonna put you down, put you down when you're young, then you'll <laughs> stick with it your entire life. You know, you'll believe it. Some people, I choose to kind of go against the wave, against the current. And uh, we're gonna choose uh, this awesome conversation for episode 47 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all together to this little old place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. And I am thrilled. This episode, you know, a different mix of people uh, at any given time uh, that I have different levels of relationships with, whether I know them well um, or don't know them at all. And in this case, uh, somebody very special in my life, Naomi Tolbert, thank you. <laughs> thank you for just coming into town and being like, hey, like we need to hang out and I need to just talk to you and like catch up and, and figure out where we're at and yeah. where life is going. So I appreciate you having me on there. Like when you asked, it's like, sure. And I was like, I don't really know what that is. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> and That's... then I'm here. So. 
to, that's and that's so like that felt so refreshing to me because it was like that that tells me of how like doing you that you've been doing yeah. right for for the past two years because it really has been two years at this point that's crazy to think of by itself yeah but it was just like okay i've created this this thing in this particular pool of activity over the past year since uh you know just a little bit before COVID 19 happened mm -hmm. and it's like and you were like i don't have any clue man and i was like perfect <laughs> Freaking that great. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the podcast aspect of it. I, of course. I well, know yeah, yeah, but, but like the, the, the group and like some of the other <laughs> stuff, just like the broader conversation. Like, I yeah. felt the right kind of humbled. Yeah. <laughs> about like how not important I am. <laughs> no, no, not like that. I don't, I don't mean it like I felt like unimportant, but like how, how like there is just a much bigger you know, world yeah. out there that so many so people... So much going on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate it. Like, this is this is great. I think what you're doing is great. I think being able to, like, have so many viewpoints of Carbondale, like, I just want the rest of the world to realize the gym that we have here. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't even know Carbondale is one of a kind. Like, I, I don't think it should be overlooked and I don't think it will be for long, you know, and due to people like you, you're putting that spotlight. And you. Well, thank you. And you. But we're doing our part, right? Yeah. We gotta and do yeah, our part it. to be able to <laughs> show people the truth of Carbondale, because people really don't know. Yeah. But I think it's one of the most beautiful cities. So, when it comes to like people and just like experience. Yeah, I mean, obviously it could always use a fresh coat of paint and some more yeah. trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit more development here and there. But. Yeah. What so did you did you go to school at SIU or did you go to school in Chicago or did you go to both? I can't. Both. Okay. Yeah. So I did my undergrad here at SIU, decided to stay home, be close to family. Yeah. And then um, after SIU, I went straight into my master's program. It was a one-year intensive program in Chicago. So that was something at University of Chicago in international relations mm -hmm. uh, and undergrad was political science. And so being able to just kind of, you know, see that aspect, politics, international relations, how that coincides with literally everything in our lives, socioeconomic, mm -hmm. you know, political, all these all, all these different aspects that just, I think, get overlooked as, as being unison, being one. Mm -hmm. um, we move through life so fast where we think we kind of have to, like, stick to one thing or stick to one path of understanding. But I think everything, like, every experience that you have really shapes the person that you are. So, like, we're meant to be unique in that sense of having a variety of experiences as opposed to just one. And so I guess that's long story short to say the political science international relations I think is amazing, but that's not the path that I'm currently on. But I do think that that training and experience coincides into a bigger purpose that I have. But the path so. that you're on, I think makes sense, like metaphorically, conceptually applicable to, you know, that as a whole, like when you're saying like, I, I want everybody to look at their way that they think and that they act and that they interact as one thing, yep. right? That food is the way, like, is that one thing? There is, yep. you know, food and water without those things in terms of survival. Where yeah. would you be? <laughs> exactly. So I think that, you know, focusing on the food industry and being able to just give people good food that's good for them, Yeah. you know, as a start to like solving some of the biggest world problems. And when it comes to famine or comes to lack of nutrients, nutrient deficiency, 
heart, you know, different diseases that are um, very popular here in the U.S. and abroad, you know, and I, I just think that people don't realize what you put in you becomes you. Yeah. So what you eat is what you get. That, that's, <laughs> and that's why it's the perfect metaphor for the food. Yeah. And that what you consume is yep. what you become. Yeah. Food uh, to the soul. <laughs> it's tough to watch. I mean, I can't believe that they're still – like that, that people are still going on to, that like some of the highest rated television news show hosts in this country are still going on TV and being like, the vaccine may not be great for you, but who knows, but science and what knows science, whatever else. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. And it's like that is put out there and consumed by millions of people. And that is what they become is that school of thought. Yeah. It's like, poison for the mind mm -hmm. but i think it, it also stems I, I try to look at both sides of everything right try to be yeah. as objective as possible and it's just like in that respect you know is it is it is it fear of of the unknown and so therefore is there a need to be a little bit more transparent um about what we're doing and and and, and the up you know I, I just think that some people just don't understand mm -hmm. and so like that that lack of understanding and fear mm -hmm. is what contributes to the problem as opposed to people just saying well i'm just not going to take it i don't think people are 100 percent like against taking it yeah it's being aware of like am i getting the same vaccine michelle obama and, and joe biden are getting you yeah. know like and you know i don't i don't i'm not you know a conspiracy theorist in that sense but i do think that people they just want answers, you know, and it's just yeah. like be a little bit more clear. You know, what ways can we provide satisfaction or understanding for the general public, not just, you know, an aspect of the of the population, but the majority of people? How can we make them comfortable in taking a vaccine? Because apparently the methods that are being used aren't working or need that, to be, you know, and, yeah. and maybe it just takes time. Who knows? Well, and, and, that, and that's yeah. very reasonable. With the overall U.S. healthcare care system and, and just general skepticism there, mm -hmm. that 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 I can absolutely empathize with the other side i'm yeah. I'm, i watched something with like tucker carlson in it like yesterday or the day before and it, where he was like going on and doing that thing he was like oh here's the vaccine this and it's like he's obviously out there like trying to peddle misinformation oh, okay. type thing it's like there there are there are definitely two sides to this in terms of like you got one where it's misinformation you got others that there again there's there is a you know there are entire generations mm -hmm. there are entire races of people there are entire categories of folks that are like ah because yeah. like historically this country ain't real good. <laughs> I'm letting you know. We're filling in the gap on healthcare disparities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like, I think that people deserve a voice, more of a voice, but in, in, in the sense of also being given the right information. I think that oftentimes, like, the public can be satisfied with, you know, just some of the responses. But I think any government, you know, it should be taken into consideration, like, you, you, you represent the people. Mm -hmm. So help the people be aware, you know, be, be, apply the knowledge, you know, and be able to be, be willing to take the action. And it's just like, but people aren't going to take that first step if they're not led in that way. Like that's the purpose of government. Where, where, where did your initial interest like in government and in like really yeah. you know, a, a global institutions come mm -hmm. from, right? Like, is that, is that something you've always had? Like, I have. So when I was a young kid, I feel like around like seven, like I, I just, I, I always, I, I love the idea of equality, mm -hmm. justice, opportunity for everybody. Like being a seven year old kid, I'm like, I want to be able to help provide that to the American people. Uh -huh. And it's just like, um, 
uh, also around that time, um, I was at an after-school uh, program, and um, there were some staff that were in, in the room of, of the program, and I asked, I was just like, um, they, or they had asked me, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I said, I want to be president. And everybody in the room laughed. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, like, and it, and it was laughing in the sense of like, oh, you could never do it. You know, yeah. like, that's impossible. And looking back, it's just like, and we were talking earlier, just how you can be young and be so impressionable, right? But it's just like, I didn't take that as, oh, I'm incapable, and so I'm not going to be able to do that. Fuck that. Like, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, I mean, we can curse on this as long as you're okay with whoever, like, that sees this. Like, if Grandma watches and she doesn't know that you curse, and we get in trouble, because we'll get in trouble together, don't worry. (laughs) I'm cool with it. Yeah. I'll curse. <laughs> yeah. You just you just let me know. Okay. Here's the deal. I had I had um right, so so a handful of the of the of the folks that are are running for uh for school board are mm-hmm. you know are tied into local church communities. So like mm-hmm. when they're going out there and they're sharing the podcast, me like WTF Carbondale and get like questions from like deacons and pastors and mm-hmm. like little old church ladies like what does WTF mean <laughs> it's like I've got to explain it's like I didn't name this years ago but I'm really appreciative that somebody did give this to me and like it's it's been like a welcoming po- right. thing and then I'm like just use the acronym don't yep. say the full word you don't just have to say fuck flip. and like that's all. <laughs> <laughs> the old ladies. so so yeah so it's it, we, we've already been through some like some 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 uh <laughs> I don't even know what the right word to describe these moments are, yeah. but interesting moments with the, with the name and with cursing. So you're, okay. you're good. Sorry. I didn't mean cool. to go down. No, no, you're good. You're we're, good. We're, we're, but basically I just, I just, I wasn't willing to accept that. And, and I'll be the first to say not many seven year old kids, especially being an African-American female or just, you know, any, any marginalized being, and I'm not saying others, you know, don't, don't have differences, but overall it's just like that experience I didn't look at it as like, oh, I can't. It was rather, let me show you. Mm-hmm. I know I can. Like that gave me energy to work more towards that and, and that kind of blossom, that idea of, of just, you know, expanding on what I knew to be true, which mm-hmm. is that I was capable to provide justice, equality, and opportunity to people. And if I want to do that, I can do it regardless of what anybody says. But fast forward, and it's just like a few years after that, those same people would – completely react in a whole different way mm-hmm. you know and it's just like i find that to be satisfaction in itself because you can't judge a book by its cover you know you don't know what anyone is capable of I have my favorite quote whatever the mind of man can conceive bring itself to believe it can achieve and if you can truly believe it and work towards it i think you can have anything absolutely anything in the world so yeah <laughs> but that started my love you know for politics and um, of course, you know, my experience at SIU, amazing experience. I think one of the best experiences I ever had, you know, in life of just, and, and being from Carbondale and then having that experience being on campus, mm-hmm. two different experiences, but both beautiful. And I don't want to, you know, skip over, you know, CCHS and all that, because all that, I think all of those formative years for me helped develop my understanding that, that I was an individual, but then like SIU shaped what that individual was and what I was capable of doing. Like I was, I was not doubted at SIU. You know, I, I was uplifted in all regards, and and that's something that I think you know, going from SIU for four years to the University of Chicago for one, University of Chicago was a different experience for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was a little harder. I was ex- introduced to things like elitism and 
you know, it, things that I had never really uh, been exposed to here in, in Carbondale. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, just realizing how, you know, I'm back to being, you know, just the the, the one black female in the room um, that people don't think is intelligent or, or has, you know, the, the comparison of experience, like, it's, 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 it's incomparable, I guess I could, I, I should say. I guess that you really gave me life and University of Chicago gave me grind and it taught me a lot. So it was not a negative experience in, in <laughs> any regard, but it just was different. But both of those experiences like helped me, I think, just really understand, okay, I like politics, but why do I like politics? Back to that original idea. I want to be able to help people. How can I help people? You know, in what ways like COVID-19 and, and, and just, you know, after graduating, the, the job market wasn't ideal for me in international relations in Chicago. It's a little bit bigger on the East Coast. And so, I don't know, just being able to go through all that and realize, okay, maybe I have a different path that isn't focused, you know, wholeheartedly on, on politics, but it's going to connect that idea later, on, later down the line mm-hmm. um, and being able to bring it all together. So I'm here now. I'm living. I'm breathing. And I'm happy. And I'm humbled. And I'm grateful. What more could you ask for, you know? So, Self and grind. You asked for a brand when we were talking last night. Mm-hmm. There's your brand. What did you say? Self, Self and grind. Self and grind. And it's not what I said. It's what you said. Yeah. I just heard it. <laughs> and then I said it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, you know, it's, it's the elitism thing is interesting, yeah. right? I never think about that. Like we, we deal with, you know, small town politics and yeah. like, you know, insider relationships, right? Like there's, there are, there are, you know, hierarchies, whether yeah. it's, whether it's in town oh, or at the sure. university or whatever else, but it's not elitism and, and like these, these just smaller interpersonal networks like we experience are, I imagine two very different things. Yeah. yeah. Cause like here, you know, and, and, my experience, as I said, at SIU was, was phenomenal. I, I was involved in everything and like being student trustee, that opened up my eyes. And so that I felt as though it was like an experience in itself. It's like, okay, I'm being opened up to a circle that I didn't know, you know, didn't know really truly existed as a regular person, you know? Yeah. Um, but then. Like a decision class almost. Right, right. But then going and being at U, U Chicago, it's like, I, I don't know how to explain it. it it's, so their slogan is where fun goes to die. What? Not that they're official. Well, but yeah. <laughs> but if it was, it'd be true. You know, <laughs> no, and, and but move. but it's like it's a different it's a different experience, and I'm not knocking it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's not my type of experience, but it's a different experience. It's just like they take pride in working hard, and and I take pride in working hard as well. But it's just like it's it's just to levels like it's it's, it's pushing you to levels that you never thought you could be pushed to. Yeah. Um, so doing that program, and I think it was just really intense. Like I said, it was a one-year intensive program. Doing a thesis, doing all that just was it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. But I survived. So yeah. at the end of the day, like, as I said, anything you put your mind to, you can you can achieve as long as you're working towards it. Like, if you don't give up, you're good. Yeah. The moment you decide to give up, then that's when all hell breaks loose. Grind. It's the grind part of the The grind time. <laughs> <laughs> what was it so so how did you even like come to pursue the position of student trustee at SIU like I that's that's something I just forgotten until you had mentioned it there it was mm-hmm. like yeah like that's a major part of your SIU experience yes 
Yeah. And you were, because you were, were you a junior when that? I was a junior when I was elected and yeah. did it my, I was a student trustee all my senior year. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that usually kind of like how it shakes out for folks is like? Uh, I think the earliest you can uh, run is junior, I believe. Okay. All right. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. And then if you're Breon Lockett, you stick around for as long as you can. Yeah. Or, you know, you know whatever floats your boat. It was yeah. just like. Student trustees, yeah, it was it was it was great. Um, through what got me into it, I was involved, like I said, in a in a range of of organizations alongside Greek life, mm-hmm. and so uh, I was just like, well, you know, student trustee could really be great. It give it expose me, you know, to the right networks, being mm-hmm. able to you know have access to the top tier when it comes to just like decision makers, as you said here mm-hmm. at SIU, um, and so. I was just like, why not? Like, you know, being a political science student as well, like it makes sense. It would mm-hmm. look really good on my resume and could lead to more opportunities later down the line. Yeah. And psych. so that that was no, the initial. That was not polite. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said psych. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just you you never know. Like, you've got to try it, <laughs> and like, if 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 something yeah. else comes of it, cool. If not, you're just like, okay, that same grind sticks with you. But it's yeah. like you realize that there are that there are just people that like this is just what you do. Yeah. And like, it, you'll always have that network. You'll always have that experience. But the reality is like, it doesn't just lead to the next thing. Like you have to always be going out and getting the next thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't just come to you because one thing comes to you. Yeah. And that was the realization with you, Chicago, I think. Cause after graduating, I was like, okay, I'm getting a degree from university of Chicago. Like it should be fine. Like, and have a job in a second. Psych. Now it's <laughs> not the case. And it was disheartening though. Yeah. You know, as I would say, as a young American with the idea of, the American dream, being uh-huh. at my footstool as long as I work hard and I put my bootstraps on. When I say I put on my bootstraps, my socks, I put on my dress, I put on my bonnet, put on, you know, I put on everything <laughs> that I need to fucking put on. Yeah. Now what? And then it's like you go back to the basics. You go back to what you know. What do you love? Yeah. What are you able to do to help make people happy but also make you happy? And that's what brought me back to food because I knew food. Regardless of Whatever degree mm-hmm. I could have, like I know food and my love of food stems from my family, specifically my great grandmother. And it's just like, if I can bless it, it, all the people, you know, that have eaten my food, they love my food. And it's just like, if I can do that, why not make it into a business? Yeah. Why not develop that? Give people good food that's also good for them. And it's just more take it happier. Wherever you can. Yeah. The, so. um, You know, and, and we were talking again last last night, you know, hitting that 25 to 30 range where you're like, nobody tells you about the free fall of these years. That's just like <laughs> you're you're floating on a cloud all the way up until a point. And then you're like, oh, this is gravity and that's pavement below me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's right what it feels it. like. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, I don't think it's a, it's definitely a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not been easy since graduating. I just have had to realize, okay, you're an adult now. Like, you were an adult, but you're really an adult now. Yeah. And so, like, you got to do adult things and be responsible and, like, learning. So I told you, you know, last night, I, I struggle with consistency. Yeah. And it's just, like, learning, okay, these are some of your, you know, faults that you need to focus on to grow and develop in so that you can be a better person, not only for yourself, but for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, start that journey now as opposed to later. And it's just like, you feel like you're running out of time, but you're, you know, you're still young, but it's weird. It's really weird. Well, and we have, we have so, right, we we live in a society where 
we're all pumped up to just achieve, achieve, achieve early, early, early. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're driven people like we are, mm -hmm. if you feel like you miss those marks and you're not some, you know, such and such associate or some particular kind of business owner, or you haven't, you know, launched this startup or whatever that like you've missed it, mm -hmm. but you really haven't. Right. And like that, again, you know, we, we talked about, you know, that the things don't just come to you that you have to, that you have to go to the next thing, but that's it's a marathon. That you... It's not a race, yeah. but we're told too often, like your race horses, your race horses, you got a race. Come on, <laughs> let's, let's get it together. But it's just like, no, like I really should be jogging right now as yeah. opposed to, running at my, my highest speed. I'm not saying, you know, to, to go slow and, and slow yourself down, yeah. but be aware of the speed that you need to get to to really de develop something that's going to prosper. You're planting seeds. You have to water those seeds. You have to cultivate those seeds. You have to love those seeds. You know, give them everything that they need, sunlight, everything, mm -hmm. to be able to grow. But through that process, like, as that seed is underground and, and the plant is growing, but it might not be growing in the way that you want to see it. You don't see anything sprout up. Mm -hmm. But all these roots are being developed. Mm -hmm. All these roots are stabilizing. And, like, the strength of those roots is what's going to be able to determine how high up and how strong that tree or that plant's going to be. But we don't look at our lives like that. We look at it as, I don't know, it's like, like junky in a sense. Like, you got to, you know, shoot up and be ready. It's like, whoa, mm -hmm. like, slow down. Slow down. We're and, oaks, not bamboo. Huh? We're oaks, not bamboo. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I just, if I can give any 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 insight to anybody that is in my age range or anything like that, like, don't feel like you're you're failing or you're falling behind or you're not where you need to be. That's not true. You're exactly where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Like, who you are today, every experience leading up until this point, like, you've developed into the person you are today through those experiences. Take them, like, for what they are, but then also give yourself the patience and understanding and the love to be able to say, I got to work at whatever I need to work at every single day. I don't have to get it all done today, but every single day I'm going to work towards my goals. What's one thing I can do to make myself feel a little bit closer to my goals? Mm -hmm. What's one thing I can do to make sure that I feel good and always feeling better? Because if, if, you're, if you're not feeling good and, and, and it's not, you know, you don't feel content and something's going on, like, you can't, you can't really grow. You can't really... Be that strong plant that you want to be. You're never going to see it sprout because you're not nurturing. And I'm, I'm sorry with the metaphor. Are they, no, 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 sense? it's a great, it's a great <laughs> metaphor. I'm just like I'm sitting here and I'm like starting to like pucker up, and I'm just so happy to be having this conversation right now. And Me I'm trying too. not just to be like ah, emotions. <laughs> I'm just I'm keeping it together for another <laughs> 37 minutes and 25 seconds, Look. give or take. <laughs> no problem i'm but, not trying to be a preacher up here but i really do think that people deserve to be told uplifting good things because like yeah. that's what you deserve yeah like the reason why people aren't like that because what what's the norm negativity yeah being negative and 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 hating hating the world hating others hating yourself that's the norm but like if i can come into the room and show you a little bit of love mm -hmm. you might think twice of what choice do i actually have is it, is it a choice yes is it more than one choice? Yes. You can be negative or you can be positive. And I'm sure there's other, you know, maybe there's in between. You can be real. You can be real, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, but a lot of people don't know some of those things are options because mm -hmm. they're not given those options on a daily basis. Yeah. But I'm here to walk and let you know, like, be whoever you want to be. Whoever you are, let that person out. The truth, as opposed to fakeness and negativity and hatred and, you know, miss me with all that.
I don't, I don't. I see, yeah. I stay away <laughs> from all the negativity. You got to. For yourself. Yeah. But I feel like the only way you can be, like, a really good person to other people is by focusing on, like, am I good? Mm -hmm. Am I content? Do I feel love? But where's all that coming from? Me to myself. As opposed to expecting it from other people. You know, like. Mm -hmm. Generated internally. Yeah. You have I mean, to to, for a mo you know, yeah. to a certain degree. But it's yeah. like, you definitely need love from other people. Yeah, what I'm absolutely. saying it starts with you. Like, how can you give love if you don't have love inside? Mm -hmm. How are you giving it? Is it love that you're giving? And that was a conversation I had later on in the night uh, with Matt Wilson. It was just like, you're either uplifting and you're, and, you're, and you're growing and you're helping people or you're spewing. And someone was like, well, spewing doesn't sound like a good word. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. But a lot of people are out here spewing. Mm -hmm. They're not giving. They're not growing. They're not nurturing. And it's just like, do you really want to look back and like, like when I die, hopefully it's a long time from now. Like, <laughs> when I die, I want people to say, wow. I want a lot of people, like millions of people, to be able to say, wow, that lady was a great lady. She did something, you know, she did something great for humanity, for people, whatever. I would hate for someone to say she just spewed negativity throughout the world. Like, who wants to be that person? No one. No one wants to be that person. But every single day we make those choices to be that person that grows into that person. The angry, mean person in the corner of the room that doesn't talk or socialize with anyone, and there might be reasons for it, right? But it's just like that person might feel as though no one loves them, but, like, are you, are you showing that, like, are you giving people an opportunity to love? You know, like it comes down to us. Like, what do you want? And like, if you know what you want, work towards what you want. If you want to be loved, work towards loving people and loving yourself. I don't know if it's that simple. I think it is, but I know life sends out different complications. Don't get me wrong. Been through a lot of things as well. You know, I, I'm not coming from a place of being oblivious to life and being able to say that, but rather being exposed to life is what's brought me to this understanding. So. It's good. It's real good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're quiet. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm in a, I'm in a really good place right now. There, there aren't a lot of people who I connect with that I don't get to very often that when, when I'm able to like this, whether we, you know, we're putting this on camera, but most of the time it's not right. But yeah. these same conversations still happen, right? It's like you, it's rep. And now that Andrew's moved home, it's like, I've got, you know, I've got a hand, you know, I've got one person here and a handful of people still like accessible, mm -hmm. but at a distance. Yeah. Right. So anytime this, gets to happen. It's like you have all this energy and all these, you know, thoughts and feelings that have, that have, you know, gathered over, um, you know, over a course of time. And then you get to just like engage the right people with it because yeah. you know, the right people aren't always physically there yeah. with you. Right. And that's just part of chasing the dream. Yeah. You right you about know. that. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's weird, right? It's weird to be like, anchored here and feel like the people that you know i know that are chasing the dream like their 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 dream exists in more places than just this mm -hmm. but i exist in here where my entire dream exists in this place but can like again reach out and have that connection and find a way to like go to and then draw back 
it's uh, all full circle, right? Yeah, it's wild. It's really, it's really something special. And it again, just shows how interconnected we are. Like yeah. people overlook it. And I don't know if it's just through like it being normalized. They're like, oh, you know, like your neighbor doesn't benefit you whatsoever. Like no, like people benefit you. Like connecting with people is what makes you a better person. Yeah. Like that's growth because you're getting exposed to different thoughts, different, you know, experiences, different perspectives of others. And like, I, I, I think to be most object, object, objective, what am I trying to say? Look, I can't speak anymore. But it's just like to be the most objective, you have to really be able to be exposed. Mm -hmm. And I try to expose myself to as many people as possible in, in different thought, you know, thought processes. And it's not like I agree wholeheartedly with, you know, with everybody that I'm interacting with, but it's yeah. just like, to be aware, because I think at the end of the day, regardless if it's the popular opinion or not, everybody deserves to have voice. Yeah. Everybody no, I mean, deserves to be heard. It, it's it's pollination, right? I mean, it's it's you know it's what it's what insects do to flowers and what trees do mm -hmm. when they when they release pollen in the air. And it's it's so funny to think about it in that context. Like the first, maybe this was the first form, maybe it was the second form. But yeah, no, it was the first form because it was. So the Neighborhood Alliance meeting went online this year, mm -hmm. um, obviously, just like everything else. And like 20 some odd community organizations spoke beforehand and somebody made a mention of, of you know, kind of pollinating. I think it was Jess that made a mention of like pollinating and and talking about, you know, their mission. I think she, she was specifically speaking about the Racial Justice Coalition. Mm -hmm. um, and I picked up and I like I use that same language and I was like, I, you know. I was drawn something like that's what I would draw on is this yeah. idea like that's that's it that's what you're describing right mm -hmm. now it's like you you have to you have to engage and interact with folks now granted there are there are limitations in, mm -hmm. in some respects uh to folks but you know for the most part it's like you can't just cordon yourself off and think that you're gonna become a better I didn't even mean to emphasize e and the b but mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but you're not gonna <laughs> become uh a better person um through isolation yep yep and i think that part of the problem that we see in society today is that uh, with some of my thesis so my thesis was on black identity development mm -hmm. and basically just like the comparison of the black immigrant experience to the african-american experience mm -hmm. and just like the similarities but also differences the main difference was based off just like the immigration lens that a lot of black immigrants have that mm -hmm. African-Americans don't, but long story short, you know, when it comes to just like exposure to like society and stuff like that, sorry, I kind of lost my thought. You're okay. like, I'm, Take your time. Yeah. Your but time. basically I just think that, tell me again what you said. Uh, so I was just like, uh, now sorry. all that's stuck in my head is like Jerry Seinfeld from a B movie. And all I could think of is like, what are these stripes? I'm sorry. This is total derailment of this conversation. <laughs> it's awful. It's okay. Oh! Look, it's okay. Uh, this is what makes for good podcasting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like the, the rawness of it, right? But but you're talking about, oh my God, now I've forgotten what you're talking So your thesis on black identity and the difference between, uh, you know, a, a African-American who identifies uh, as somebody who is who is connected to, uh, you know, the the black American identity. Right. And somebody who is uh, an immigrant to the United States that, you know, identifies with this black immigrant status. Mm -hmm. Is that. 
Oh no! What I, said, I was saying, what, what was your your point that you had made before? I don't even remember what the point yeah. was made. I was uh, just trying to draw back into your conversation. <laughs> no, I knew. I, like... I was trying to bring it back full circle <laughs> of why I brought that up. But basically, I don't know. I just think that people. Oh, that's what it is. Basically, the lens. So, some of the articles that I was reading is basically just kind of touching on the fact of like a lot of people that aren't exposed to other individuals, right? Like, let's say you are completely isolated, they'll take a, a non one-on-one personal experience mm-hmm. as a personal experience through media. Mm-hmm. So like exposure to certain stereotypes and you know just mm-hmm. a lot of things through media like yeah. you, like you're you're bound to believe those to be like your first handed experience as opposed to like a removed experience because mm-hmm. you're not actually interacting with those people but yeah. you've seen enough of that content to where it's kind of embedded in your mind mm-hmm. and it's just like people don't realize that through that regard you know like we we think that we know others but we really don't and it's just like I think it just reiterates what you're saying it's just like we have to be more exposed we have to be mm-hmm. not as isolated and with the black you know the the black immigrant experience that as just reading about the lenses it just really gave emphasis to that point that you were making yeah. I mean I can't you know it's I can't imagine what it's like to experience racism uh, in this country let alone the experience of international racism yeah. right like having to go from continent to continent to be treated poorly in different ways mm-hmm. still based in the color of your skin yeah well, we have to remember that like u.s is, is number one in, in that regard i think you know when it comes to a lot of and i've traveled uh, a little bit but it's just like through the little exposures that i've had you know i, I realized in other countries i am a american mm-hmm. only here is when it's differentiated that I am a African American or a Black female American, you know, like I, there's there's stigmas and 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 boxes, you know, categories that people are put in here. But like that's the basis of our country. Our, mm-hmm. our country is built off of racism. It's like mm-hmm. nothing to be surprised about. Don't be surprised. You yeah. know, it's been happening for well, how long? But it's just like <laughs> moving forward. You know, just being aware of it. Like that's that's the beginning. But also knowing that like. Without being aware of it, we can't solve the problems because we choose not to deem the source of the poison. Yeah. You know? Um, but until we can get to that point, I guess we'll, we'll just continue to kind of assume, pseudo-assume that we're moving forward. Though I think strides are being made, but I think that there's a lot more that can be done uh, in a in different ways that we haven't seen when yeah. it comes to just development of, of, of groups, you know, more and more groups of, of conversations on a, on the basis of race. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people in this country that cannot have a conversation on race. And we think we've come so far. Yeah. Like people get in a heated argument, ready to go get a gun and kill. It's crazy. So I'm not trying to get extreme with this, you know, this I, aspect, I mean, but it, it, but it is, you yeah. know, it, the, the experience last night alone, right? As, as we see this become a, a broader uh, focus now, where, you know, is do, do we see in this very moment where uh, folks engage in the Black Lives Matter movement directly engage with what is now the Stop Asian American Hate activity and start to draw all of these poisonous racist components together into one and understanding that there is a there there is an there is an underlying like this this is really what this country is 
when, when I say built on, right, it's, it's like the biblical sand and stone story, right? right? If, if this is underneath all of it, right, you can have this immaculate house. You can have this big, beautiful, but if you've built it on sand, It'll crumble. the look of it matters nothing, and it will be swept into the ocean. You can only build up as high of as strong as the base is, right? Like, yeah. We haven't gone that far. We haven't built up that far because our foundation is whack. So, and I'm not, you know, and I don't look at that to be a pessimistic thing, you know, like, no. I just think it's real. Yeah. Like, just be, just be honest. Like, we're not where we need to be. Um, we're still coming along and there is opportunity to grow and develop, but it's like, it takes all of us being like, serious about wanting to make change like are we serious or is or is it just cool mm-hmm. is it cool to like be for black lives matter or like is it a fading thing is this is this a a trend you know be, and it makes you wonder i mean that's a whole conversation in itself it's just like do black lives really matter because you still see a lot of crime going on one aspect you know police brutality other aspect black on black crime when nobody's talking about black on black crime and, have, and, and still the loss and the impact that it has in communities and neighborhoods all throughout the world. I mean, one place where I'm living right now, Chicago, it's just like there's a lot of people that die and you don't hear about it. And it's just like regardless of the means of how they died, their deaths are not acknowledged as, as wrongs. The, the other side of it to me is the system itself being geared towards – instability in communities specifically black communities throughout this country right where what is essentially forced poverty on folks right when 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 economic systems and systems of government everything from redlining to lack of access to credit uh to you know something as as uh, significant as, uh, you know, the Tulsa massacre, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things play a role in like forcibly destabilizing uh, the lives of black people. In oh, this 100%. Country. I 100% agree with that. And I think, you know, to go alongside that, you know, being aware that these things are happening and, and calling attention to those horrible, you know, situations and experiences felt by the black community is definitely, you know, a starter being aware, acknowledging, and then, you know, kind of asking, you know, what what is the the response to what has just occurred? But outside of that, I think also it is a responsibility for every individual um, in the black community, outside of the black community, whoever it may be, to make change where they see it due. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think, like, a lot of people aren't, and I'm not speaking, you know, just when it comes to, like, the black community, but just in general, I think a lot of people aren't doers. Mm -hmm. Like, like we want to do something, but we don't know how. And so, like, then we don't do it, mm-hmm. but we want to, but you don't. Yeah, and it's just like, I think that we can see a lot more change if if, if more people step forward and say, "I'm I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make some change." Well, How am I gonna make that change? I'm gonna lead the cause. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna figure out what do I have to do, or if somebody's already doing it, how can I help? Yeah, connecting with those individuals. You know, like like doing. I think it's a civic responsibility for everybody to be aware of of how can they make their communities better? Mm-hmm. For example, like, and, and this isn't everybody, but like, you know, I live in Chicago. A lot of snow this last mm-hmm. winter, right? <laughs> we had a really bad snow that first time around. I think it was like 12 inches or something like that. 
and everybody was stuck and there were people in my building was like I got kids and I got babies and we got to work and but couldn't end up going to work because of the snow mm-hmm. and it's just like it's, it's one thing it's just like look at it like damn I can't do anything about it so I can't just I, I can't achieve what I need to do or I could do what's the unpopular thing which is go out get a shovel and shovel the snow so that I can get to work and I'm not saying this is everybody, right? This is just one, one, one example of just one way of responding to a situation another mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I looked at it as, dang, not, not, not necessarily for me, but for everybody else, you know, in my, in my building, like, people got to get to work. Mm-hmm. I shoveled the entire parking lot. Damn. But, like, it's too, you know, and then there's multiple people that came, came by, walking by, they're like, people aren't going to appreciate you. People don't, people don't care about what you're doing for, you, for them. Like, but I, but I, I did it because it was, it was a, greater good to be done as yeah. opposed to like like just to be an example to everyone else is like someone can get out here and make a change for the dynamics for all of us but if we did it as a group i mean i'm sure it would have been a lot quicker but so, it's just so, like sorry i, I don't mean no, to cut ahead. you off the i i just um so this this to me plays into something that kind of spurred in my mind as, as you've been talking and that is that there's not always a clear definable action that somebody can take to follow through. So like your, your snow shoveling activity, right? That was an action that was like very clear, like here's the problem. Here's the solution. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think what we failed to do. And, and again, this is with an entire society. Yeah. Right. Is let people understand that it's not that you're going to have an objective as soon as you enter in seeking, uh, you know, to do good, to, prov- you know, to, to serve. Uh, you might not know me. the path. Yeah. But like, it's, you've got, you have to, you just, you make it up as you go. And you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. and like the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And like, those are two things that like a lot of people struggle with just in general. And, and I think when, when I'm speaking in any regard, I think, I don't think that we have me personally, I think that, you know, to a certain degree, yes, we have racialized problems, you mm-hmm. know. But I think overall a lot of problems that are faced amongst people here is more of an American yeah. problem. Just just from a global yeah. perspective of, of traveling and stuff like that, it just seems as though it's more of, of Americans not like wanting the American dream, but not willing to put put in the work in the in the mm-hmm. right ways, right? But yeah. I think part of the problem also, I think like people just don't know they don't know how to like go forward. But then they're told that, oh, this is the way to go forward. But if it doesn't work out, then they, they feel like, what do I do? Yeah. And it's just like, how do we close that gap? Like, how do we make sure people. S- simple ways of just telling people you're allowed to fail. Yeah. Right. And, and two, and I, and I hate like, so this is like the toxic positivity thing that I, that I can't stand. Right. Is that like people tell you that you're allowed to fail or the people that are like live in cush lives that like you know, have a spouse that's working a hundred thousand dollar job. So their ability to fail is different than somebody who's like by themselves or like, you know, they've, they've had, you know, legs up in, in life that, uh, you know, other folks haven't. So it's easy to, to communicate that. But like when you're in a precarious position where like a single failure can result in devastating consequences, Mm -hmm. right. That changes the calculus on like, what failure is like yeah. is failure is failure trying and not being able to succeed or is like failure not being able to eat right now mm-hmm. but i don't think it's failure i think i think like i think that we get put in situations that are not ideal mm-hmm. at times in our lives right and it's just like 
I, I just, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm on this positive thinking, but it's just like, I, I don't think it's failure, but rather I think every experience happens for you, regardless if you see it in that way or not. There's a lot of things that happen in our lives that can be really messed up. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like, I think I truly believe everything, like every experience we have is meant for us. And so like, move and at the end of the day, like we might not have control. We don't have control over the things that happen to us, right? Mm -hmm. 10% is what happens to us. 90% is how we react to it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I just try to focus on like how am I going to react to this situation because at the end of the day we don't have control. We can't we can't keep things from happening to us. Yeah. But what we can control is how we how we react to it. It's how we you know how we look at it. And it's like if something happens that is not ideal, and you're like, wow, I just failed, and now I can never live again because mm -hmm. I failed. Well, you put that on yourself. No one told you. It, it, maybe people yeah. did, you know. Yeah. But it's just like to a certain extent, like it, like you told yourself that you couldn't, and so you couldn't. Well, I guess more more of what I'm thinking of is like the the scale of risk that that one is capable of taking, right? Like mm -hmm. in terms of like what is what is meeting one's basic needs for survival and okay. you know uh, shelter and food and and whatever else, right? And the difference between those that that essentially have the have the space to fail, like I and I'm and I'm one of those folks, right? Like mm -hmm. I've I've gotten to like you know, go through the ex experiences where I have not achieved what I wanted to achieve, uh, you know, time after time, because I've had the safety net there to like fall back into. Yeah. Right. And when folks don't have that, it's like, well, what, what do we ask folks to risk? Right. Like what, what level of risk do we ask individuals to take if they're already in precarious situations where, mm. uh, you know, they may not be able to tolerate so much risk yeah and and you know it's it's it, i on the other side of that i will say right it's not like there's something risky about going out and volunteering an afternoon a week or you know finding some project to involve yourself in because you think like that feels like a good thing that would have a positive impact on mm -hmm. you know the people around you so like not not that side of things, but I guess I'm and I'm probably thinking. I think you're saying like access to opportunity, right? Like yeah. how do we give people access to opportunity mm -hmm. without exploiting them? Without exploiting them. That's and that's the key. Yeah, and and I think that I if you're asking me, you know, I'm not yeah. an expert, but if you're asking <laughs> me, <laughs> I do think that it comes down to just individual relationships that we're developing mm -hmm. and, and making sure that those are meaningful relationships as opposed to not. And so I think I personally think when it comes to society, we need to get back to like apprenticeships. We need yeah. to get back to one on one interactions, mentoring, mm -hmm. networking, mm -hmm. guidance and development, not only from just like people who are way older than you, but just like people with experience in the areas that you that you want to excel in. Like, who should you listen to? Who do you listen to? Yeah, it should be the person that has what you want. Mm hmm. And if that person doesn't have what you want in whatever regard you're talking about, you probably should be listening to that person on whatever on, you know. And so it's just like I think that would that would help so many people kind of find their way, because I feel like a lot of people are like lost nowadays. So they just don't know, like they're, they're either in a, in a bad situation and they don't know how to get out of it or, or, or they're confused and don't know how to move forward. But like they had guidance you know and guidance in the right areas mm -hmm. maybe they'd be able to move forward a little bit stronger mm -hmm. maybe they're able to get a little bit more done because they have somebody that they can depend on that's also is cheering them on and you know like mm -hmm. being being that 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 cheerleader yeah. i think that's all we need like i don't want to reduce the world to that but i i think that like if we're kinder to one another mm -hmm. we could be a little bit better like how you were saying i think was this the conversation we were having last night it was just like if somebody 
um, you know, can't pay their rent and then they're kicked out. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like a snowball effect yeah, of yeah. just a series of individuals that they're interacting with that, that aren't as understandable, which mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. Like they're, you know, like it's a responsibility, like, okay, yes, you do have, you do have to pay your rent. But like, let's say it's a situation that was uncontrollable to you as to why you couldn't. And then it snowballed into you not being able to live, you know, you're homeless now due mm-hmm. to that situation. It's just like, how do you move forward where we should reflect as society, like regardless of what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're making your money and stuff like that. How do you treat people? Mm-hmm. How do people look at you? Do you sleep well at night or can't you sleep? And if you can't sleep, why? It could come down, like it comes down how we treat people and how we look at it. Like you can't ever deem yourself, I could be a multimillionaire right now, but that wouldn't make me feel like I'm any, any more significant than you. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if I die, can I take it all with me? I don't think so. Or I haven't seen it. <laughs> You know, and then it's just like it, it comes down to that. It's just like I think that it's our like I personally think it is a civic responsibility to be kind to people and to try and, and do what you can towards people. So, like, if we could get to a culture like back to a culture like that, which I think we had before, and I mm-hmm. think it still maintains. I just think it's, it's, it's smaller, you know, now like the civic community. What's, what's that book? Uh, Bowling Alone. Just like all these different, you know, like I, I think that we've seen a civic community kind of be reduced. You know, people don't interact with people with one another as much as they do. And so mm-hmm. how can you cultivate those organic relationships that lead to help and support and love and care, you know, if if that's not the initial want? That's why you need to be hanging out in the WTF Carbondale group. And I'm so sad I haven't had you in there for years now. You're going to you, just like, just join it and hang out for the sake of like, whenever you just need to feel like home, yeah. you can just click on the internet, look on Facebook and it'll be there. I promise you, okay. you will see some Carbondale ass <laughs> shit going on that you'll be like, man. Oh, so this, oh, it was so funny. And this happened in like two different parts of my feed a couple days ago. Like I, I, I was, what I was telling Matt about that this young woman like had her keys locked out of her car mm-hmm. and she came to the group. She's like, Hey, you know, I need somebody. And like, I, I don't know if somebody came from the group or not or whatever, but ultimately somebody did come to help her out. And then, you know, somebody else who's a friend of mine who was picking up food at the restaurant nearby, like saw it happen, like took a picture because the dude that was unlocking her car just had a parrot yeah. on his fucking shoulder. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. You get to see a lot of that type of stuff. And then you yeah. get to keep up on these wonderful podcasts. Right. Hey, you, I'm with you, it now. <laughs> <laughs> the, so, so one of the things that, that I've wanted to talk about, um, that, that I think is real cool, um, is, is the experience that you had with Rotary Club and what Rotary Club kind of allowed you to go do. Cause where you were still in high school, right? When mm-hmm. you were fundraising for, for, uh, going overseas, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you take it from there. Cause I don't, <laughs> I'm okay. not going to mess up. Yeah. The well, I think I'm going to I'm going to go back a little bit further. Yeah, yeah, do your thing. Um just because I, I think that with every test in life you have a testimony. Uh-huh. Um and so it's kind of it's kind of a, a story so I'm going to bring you along the story and then right. I'll kind of you know, I'll I'll weave yeah. rotary and everything else kind of into that. Um you know, growing up uh as I said, you know, grew up in, in Carbondale. Small scale um family, you know, great family. I love my family. You know, but we didn't come from, like, a, a wealthy background whatsoever, you know. Um, and so the, that experience just kind of helped me, you know, was my initial understanding of just, like, where I was in society. Like, mm-hmm. are you already kind of at the bottom? You're black. 
you're you're a woman and you're poor. You know, and it's just like, but but the way that society deems those things and just kind of like the statistics wise, as opposed to like who you are as an individual, mm-hmm. you know, regardless, you know, all my life I've been an amazing woman. Didn't know it, you know, like, like as a kid, you don't, you don't know these things, but regardless of what I've been through, like I'm an amazing being that exists on this earth and I deserve to be here, mm-hmm. you know, so having that understanding and an assurance, I don't, I, you know, I, I feel thankful for because not everybody can say that coming from a similar background, but it's just like growing up, um, I felt as though, I didn't, I didn't love Carbondale in the ways that I do now. Um, just because I, I felt as though I was just reduced to the, the streets of Carbondale of, mm-hmm. of where like I didn't have exposure outside of Carbondale. Um, had never really traveled much um, outside of like church, church trips that we would go on. Um, but Rotary, you know, um, Boys and Girls Club actually, you know, was really the first civic community Entity, you know, being exposed to as kids, me, me and my siblings, we all went to Boys and Girls Club every single day after school, so that was cool. Um, staff there was amazing. Randy, you know, he's cool. Uh, and so it's just like, you know, everybody, everybody there just was really supportive. Um, but then we were exposed to Rotary, which had um, Ryla. Do you know Ryla? Not the Rof- Rotary Youth Leadership Award Program. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I've, so I've, it's like I've, we can... I've been to the meetings and, and heard it discussed and seen a couple other young folks engaging, like in the in the process of seeking. Yeah, and it's just like being exposed to that. Um, you know, it was a weekend of just you know being interacting with from with students all over Illinois. So that was cool. And at the end of the weekend, it's just like an aspect on Rotary International, and I'm like, well, what is that? You know, Rotary Youth Exchange, Rotary International. What are these things? And like they kind of did a presentation and just like it was my first time really being exposed to just the idea of being able to go live in a whole nother country for an entire year and live with different families and learn different languages and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. And if it is, like, how do they make that happen? <laughs> and so I, I went and I, uh, I approached Randy um, and Kathy Renfro. Um, and I was just like, I'm very interested in... Um, being a part of this and they were like well let's just see how it goes you know so let's think on it but are you sure you you know this is something you're really interested in I'm like I think so um and so ended up you know thinking on it in that year didn't end up you know doing anything about it I was like, okay well maybe we'll just see we'll just wait it out and then the second year you know going back to Ryla having being exposed to that again I was just like okay I know this is something that I really want to do like it just sounds like a really cool experience and I approached him I was like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this happen and it was like okay you're gonna have to put in the work and it's not gonna be easy we can make it happen as long as you're, you know, you're working towards that. And when I say we we approached, you know, all of the Rotary Clubs in, in the Southern Illinois area, Kiwanis, Lions, I mean, every service organization, organization I think I spoke at, and I was there and I shared my story with every single one of those clubs and just being able to share my story and then those individuals being willing to, to understand that, like, it takes a village. And I, and I truly believe in that because if it wasn't for those individuals alongside my great-grandmother, so I was raised with my great-grandmother, you know, as you know, after losing my mother to breast cancer at a young age. And it's just like that experience, I think that alongside living in Carbondale, not being exposed to much just made me think I didn't have much to live for. So I was very depressed, very suicidal as a kid after losing my mother because that was my best friend. And I was in the room, you know, her passing. So that was a traumatic experience and just going through that and losing my best friend you know, above anything else. But, like, she kind of paved the way for me as well because 
that was the first first time I'd ever been on a plane. Second time I'd ever been on a plane was going to Brazil. So mm-hmm. over 13 hour flight overnight <laughs> over a bunch of water. Crazy. But it's just like that first, you know, time a few years before that, getting on a plane with my mother and her kind of like, I feel like guiding that way because I've been on so many planes ever since. And it's just like she was the initial kind of introduction to all that. Um, but being able to go and, and, and go around to my community and, and see the support that I got, like that was that was mind changing. Cause just like, who am I? For all these people to say, you deserve to, to live out your dream. Like this is a dream that you have and we're willing to work towards making that happen. I mean, I never had that happen before and seeing that support from them and my family, though they weren't, you know, they, they were with it, at, you know, but they were very supportive, but mm-hmm. unsure, of course, because, like, nobody had ever gone and been an exchange student in my family, you know? So it's just <laughs> like, let's go ahead, let's try it. and and But through all of that, it, it developed into a beautiful experience of us being able to raise over $8,000 in, I think it was, like, less than six months. And it's like being able to, like, do that and then fund my entire trip to Brazil and be exposed and that leading into the political science, international relations, traveling the world. Like that's part of the reason why I am who I am today based off of that experience. But it came from Carbondale. Carbondale made, made me into the person that I am today. You know, Carbondale helped pave my way and like I couldn't be more thankful because there's time and time again like I've been blessed by Carbondale, and every time I come home, we were having this conversation last night, like I feel refreshed, and I'm always surrounded by good people because that's what Carbondale is. So if I can do anything, like I, I want, I want the love that I have for this city to kind of like pour out into like those that, that have never been here because like you're missing out. If you haven't been here, you're missing out. It's a jewel. But we have to rep it like that because like if we're not letting people know, hey, Carbondale's a place you want to be because it's an amazing place with amazing people, who would ever know? Carbondale paves the way. Pave your way to Carbondale. It's episode 47. I'm almost in tears. Naomi Tolbert, wonderful friend, one of the interesting people whose story is tied very deeply into this place we call home. Have a good one, whatever that one may be.